good evening. I have to tell you that this is a very exciting evening for me and a very humbling uh, day altogether. And I would be remiss if I didn't take an opportunity to express thanks to you. And I do that on behalf of Brother Jack and Brother Kevin and myself uh, for your consideration for your prayers and for the many kind words that you've given to us and uh, and it's just very exciting it was very overwhelming for me this morning to sit uh, prior to coming up and watching the elders be called up one by one and that was just really exciting and I think uh, we are truly blessed as the church and I'm so excited about what God has in store for us in the future um, I was watching this morning, and actually I was talking to David Shannon last night, and it was just very coincidental. It was exciting to look up and kind of take a walk down memory lane and to look at the decades of elders as they were put up on the screen, and, and David touched on them, each one, and, and who they were and, and what they were, and it was so uh, impressive to see uh, that legacy of men who served in that capacity. And so... Uh, what was coincidental about that is I talked to David last night. I said, you know, when Philip asked me to do this uh, invitation tonight, my mind automatically went back to uh, as far as when I was a five-year-old, uh, when I was at the Hermitage congregation, and I was introduced to a man who uh, just had a huge impact on my life from the time that I was literally in kindergarten there as I started there, and my family began to attend at Hermitage. Uh, this was a man that was one that everybody sought to be in contact with and his name was Fred Williams and some of you will recall that name readily and that will stir up fond memories some of you do not know or did not know Fred but I want to talk to you about brother Fred tonight and as I said when I was very young uh, and started at Hermitage there um, didn't know many people but I made some friends quickly and the word on the street was that you had to go and shake brother Fred's hand before each worship uh, that was a rule uh, and I thought, well, I'm okay with that, and I'm up for that. And so me and a couple of others, before worship would start, we would go up to Brother Fred, and we would shake his hand. And I have to tell you, just describe a little bit, Brother Fred uh, was big by all accounts, but he was especially big to somebody as young as a five- or six-year-old or even you know, a teenager. He was a big man, and he had, a man, he had big hands. And so when you shook that hand, uh, you knew you were shaking a man's hands. Uh, and so Brother Fred was one of those that was very approachable. He loved for kids to come up to him. He loved to talk to them. He loved to be a part of their lives, and he loved to influence them, uh, unbeknownst to us, but that's what he was doing. Uh, one thing about Brother Fred, too, is we all found out that he had his pockets full of juicy fruit. And so uh, first come, first serve, but it always seemed like he had enough of what I called the good stuff. And so we always never missed an opportunity to go up and see Brother Fred, but obviously as time progressed on and as years passed, uh, it was more than just a stop for Juicy Fruit uh, and to shake an older man's hand. It was a lot more than that. And as he began to impact my life as time went on and on, I want to share with you a little bit about what he did. And as we have talked about this theme of leading and following, and we've done those songs tonight that, that lend themselves to that, Brother Fred was all about that. Uh, Brother Fred was not a man that you would see and get up with charisma and that type of uh, boisterous type of personality that would uh, lead a song in the pulpit or preach a powerful sermon. But he was one of those that could sit in a pew about two rows back where Rick is and he could impact your life over the years if you would allow him. And that's what he did for me. And I recall as years passed and as I grew older and as I said it was more than just a piece of chewing gum that I was after from Brother Fred. I longed to go see him and to hear what he had to say. And as years went by, it was interesting what he was doing to me and a lot of other peoples, and that's what his service was about as he led, is when you go up to Brother Fred, he would 
shake your hand in a way that a lot of people don't do. He would reach up and you would take his hand and he would take his other hand and put it over that as if to say, just relax because you're going to be here a while. And so I uh, got used to that. It wasn't those touch and go handshakes as a lot of us do. Um, one of the times that I remember going up to Brother Fred and, and, and it was always the same thing pretty much. It was, Brother Fred, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. Hope you are too. It's a great day. And that pretty much set the stage for the conversation. And then after that, uh, we would talk and chit-chat. But then there were several occasions where I would go up to Brother Fred and say hello. And he would grab that hand. And he would go, Greg, I've been praying about you. And I've been thinking about you. And I think it's time that you become a teacher. And I was like, oh, Brother Fred, don't know about that. <laughs> Good to see you. Uh, <laughs> do you have a piece of gum? And uh, so, you know, but he, was, he would plant that seed. And you would go away not really thinking about it a lot, but then lo and behold, years might pass or, or however long the time was, but I found myself in a teaching situation. And I have to go back and think, that was, a, that was a seed that he planted. And he gently planted it. It wasn't like he threw it at me and said, you've got to do it. He's like, I've been praying for you, been thinking about you, and I think you're ready. And so time went on and I served in that capacity and I enjoy teaching. I enjoy teaching young people. I love teaching older classes, you know, in all situations. But then as time went on, you go down and say hi to Brother Fred, and it's the same thing. Brother Fred, how are you doing? Well, I'm doing fine. I hope you are. It's a great day. Greg, I've been praying for you, and I think it's time for you to take the next step. I believe you would make a fine deacon. And I'm like, Brother Fred, you've gone too far. Uh, I'm not prepared. I couldn't be a person like you. You know, I look at him and I think, what a spiritual person, and I'm not there. And yet as time would go on and as I matured and then opportunity availed itself, Lo and behold, I was able to serve in that capacity and hopefully I did in a way that he would have really admired. Brother Fred, as you can imagine, it seemed like he was going to live forever. Brother Fred was in his 80s when he passed away, if I recall correctly. But as time went on and I developed a relationship with him, I found out that he was a man that was a lot like Brother Albert, as we talked about this morning. He was one of those guys that could fix or do anything. He could build anything. He could fix anything. Uh, and that's what he spent a lot of his time doing. As I had opportunities to go over to his house as he got older, uh, a lot of times he would spend his time in his shop and he would with things that he liked to fool with. A lot of times things that Miss Lois would give him to keep him busy and out of her hair, but he would stay busy with those things. He liked to keep his hands working and, and he also liked to work in his garden. He loved to grow a garden and if you knew Brother Fred, you could drive down Old Hickory Boulevard in the springtime and drive by his roadside garden and you would see all the things that he would grow and he always grew a row of sunflower seeds that were about the size of a plate. And working out in Old Hickory, I had the opportunity many times to go by there and to see him. And I always had a private joke with Brother Fred. I would go by and I would beat my horn knowing full well that he could not hear thunder, much less my horn as I went by. But it was our little joke together. And I would tell him the next Sunday, hey, saw you out in your garden and beeped at you. And he was like, yeah, I, I spotted you. I saw you out there. And, uh, but on in his later years, and as I move on with, the, with what I wanted to tell you tonight, is, is one of the later times that I got to see Brother Fred was at his house. And uh, he was getting to the point that he could no longer uh, get out as much as he would have liked to. But he was still very much a part of that leadership, that eldership. And I had an opportunity to go see him and Miss Lois one day and, and the caretaker that was there with him. And I sat down with Brother Fred and, and basically went through the chatting that we normally would do. And he was trying to, as best he could, eat the food that he had. He had his napkin placed in very carefully. But unfortunately, most of the food was ending up on his face and on, the, on everywhere except his mouth. And, and so I talked to him and I was joking with him a little bit. 
And I said, uh, Brother Fred, uh, I said, are you, uh, are you eating that food or are you using that as a facial moisturizer? And, uh, and he thought that was a little funny and, and we talked a little bit more and uh, he was getting frustrated about the food and I said, how about I take a stab at that? And so I did and I gave him a couple of bites of it and it was like a scene out of Driving Miss Daisy. And, uh, but it was a very precious time for me. And as I sat there at the table with him, uh, he had one more thing to impart, and uh, it was something that he had mentioned before, but at this point in time, it was something that he was very sober about. And as we sat there, he put his hand on mine, and he said, Greg, I've been praying about you. And he said, Miss Lois has been praying for you. He said, we feel like that one day you'll be an elder. And I said, Brother Fred, you've gone too far. You've gone too far. I said, uh, when I think of an elder, I look at you and I think of who an elder is. And I said, but that's very flattering coming from you. It means a whole lot coming from you. And he said, well, I won't be here to see it. He said, but I'll know it and I'll be happy. And I went away that day and I can tell you that I've never forgotten and failed to appreciate Brother Fred. You know, when I think about him and his ability to lead people, to lead them gently in the way that they need to go, to plant a seed uh, that who knows when is going to sprout. I know in my life, I'd like to think that I was the only one that he just took aside and took care of, but I can imagine just the thousands of people that he impacted over the course of his life. Uh, he was very much a leader who gently taught people through the gospel to follow Christ so that they could go to heaven. And when I think about that, I think about the ultimate example for us. I think about Jesus and how he lived the life that he did and how he served. And I see a lot of similarities there and I would like to submit that to you tonight and just think about uh, how Jesus lived his life and his ministry. If you think back, turn over to Matthew chapter 20, if you will. If you recall this story here, this is a story where the mother of Zebedee's sons came to Jesus with her sons and she nailed down and she made a request of Jesus. She said, I want to ask a favor of you. When you come into your kingdom, I would like for my sons to be at the right and left side. And Jesus says, you don't know what you're asking. And he asked the sons, he said, can you drink the cup that I'm going to drink? And they said, yes, we can. And he said, well, in fact, you will drink the cup that I'm going to drink. He said, but as far as those things that position go, he said, those are reserved for the father. And then he said, There's a, there was a teaching moment there because the other disciples got mad. Uh, they got frustrated because they even asked this question. And so Jesus said, this is the time for a teaching moment. And he taught them a lesson, a very important lesson on service. And I want to read this to you tonight as Jesus gathered them together. In Matthew 20, verse 25, Jesus called them together and said, you know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord over them and their high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first among your slaves must be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. And so we see there that Jesus is teaching to them and trying to impart to them something they probably will not understand at that point, but they will very much come to understand later on of what service is. And so when I think about Jesus and I think about the life that he lived and the service that he imparted, he did that. Uh, in a service capacity. You know, you think about Jesus and he was God's son and he had all authority given to him. He could have come down and he could establish that kingdom that James and John thought it was going to be uh, and been very powerful. He had all that authority given to him and yet he chose in Philippians chapter 2 verses 5 through 8 if you want to look over there, it talks about how Jesus had that opportunity to do that but he didn't see that as something uh, to aspire to. Instead, he took the form of a servant humbling himself even to the point of death, the death on the cross and so that was what our Lord was about. And as I think about those similarities, I'm not saying that Brother Fred was Christ by any means, but I see him aspiring to be uh, a man after God in every way. 
You might be asking the question, well, how do we do that? How do we lead and follow people to Christ? And I would like for you to turn over because I think some insight is given to us in 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 1. And just a couple more verses I'll read to you that I think will give us some insight as to how and who we should be uh, if we want to be leaders of men by being servants. 1 Peter 4, chapter 1. It says, Therefore, since Christ suffered in his body, arm yourselves with the same attitude because he is... I'm not sure if that's the correct verse or not. Sounded good. Here we go. I'm sorry, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1. It says, As a prisoner of the Lord, then I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling to which you have been called. Be completely humble, gentle, and patient, bearing with one another in love, and make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. And so it's telling us that we have a calling, and that calling is for us to serve. Uh, another verse that I was looking for, that I think I marked, is over. I should have done a better job of the verses. Hold on just a second. Because I'm, I, it's a good thing I type everything. I'm going to save the day here. First Peter four ten, not First Peter four one. Each of you should use whatever gifts you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. And so. I ask the question, how can we do that? How can we answer that call that Romans is telling us about? How can we be that servant, that leader that serves others? And Peter is telling us here that we should have, not that we should have, but we do have gifts that we've received and we should use those to serve others. We should be faithful stewards of those things that God has given us. If you turn over to Romans chapter 12, verse 6 through 8, uh, Paul says this in a similar way, but he expands a little bit on it. He says, we have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it's teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. And if it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. And so, in thinking about what Christ would do, you know, Christ had all authority, and yet he chose to be a servant. And I think about all the things that he did as he came to this earth, uh, fed people, he healed people, he suited to the needs that they had, he showed compassion on those who had needs, and that was his way that he led people through that service. And that's what we're being called to do. That's what Paul is calling us to live worthy of the calling to which we've been called. And that's what that call is. And so, as we go on, the question is tonight, I guess, uh, have we accepted that call? We've been called to service, have we accepted that? And I don't know uh, where you are tonight, but it may be that you've received that calling and you have not embraced that, that idea of leading by serving. Uh, if that's the case tonight and you need prayers of the church, if you need us to uh, study with you to bring you to the point uh, where you can be baptized, where you can begin that calling, uh, then we want to very much do that. If you have had that calling, if you've accepted that, if you've been through the waters of baptism, you've become a Christian, but you have not embraced that leadership role that you need to take. And I think that as we think about uh, the elders that have been appointed today and the elders that we have and the roles that they have, um, those are very special 
roles as far as leading a church, but I think as Christians, uh, based on what we've read tonight, we all have a calling. Uh, we all have a calling to be Christians who are gently leading others through the gospel so that they in turn can follow Christ. And I think that's very important that we keep that mindset. I think back to Brother Fred, and I wonder, uh, again, how many people that he influenced just by simply being the man he was and using the gifts that he had. And so tonight I invite you, wherever you are uh, in your life, if you need prayers of the church, then we want to do that. Uh, if you want to become a Christian tonight, we definitely want to do that, and we're excited about that. If you need us to study with you, then we would love to sit down and study with you. Whatever your needs are tonight, uh, we invite you to come as we sing this invitation song.